Welcome to the Art of Money podcast with Art McPherson. And thanks for checking out the Art of Money podcast. My name is Mark Owens alongside Art McPherson and Luke McCarty. All the information for the McPherson Financial Group, you can find it at theartofmoneyradio.com. The stock market has been going very well. It's been hot lately, but one investment strategist worries that it may be a little too hot. Jeremy Grantham tells Bloomberg that stocks are currently in a bubble and that bubble may be about to burst. Put it this way. When you have reached this level of obvious super enthusiasm, the bubble has always, without exception, broken in the next few months, not a few years. It's always. How do you keep that level of enthusiasm going indefinitely? It can't be done. So what happens when that bubble does burst? Is our nest egg at risk more than it usually is when that happens? It can be. I mean, for the short term, you're talking about short term volatility. So what he's saying is we've had such a good rise. We've had such a good run up with the markets. The odds are, you know, you have a higher probability of it going down for a while than continuing the upward rise. So and there's there's truth to be said on that. You know, we could easily see a 10 or 15 percent correction. You know, that's not something that's out of the normal. You get these nice run ups like this. You get some profit taking. So once you have some profit taking, that profit taking starts to sell and it just kind of compounds on itself and you see a kind of a little bit of a sell off. Luke and I, though, aren't worried about a 10% correction or a 15% correction as long as it doesn't as long as it doesn't become systemic. And what I mean by that is where it gains more momentum, more momentum, and all of a sudden a one or two week correction becomes a month correction, a two month correction, a four month correction, a six month correction. And then all of a sudden we have a 50% correction on the market. So those are the ones that we're really trying to protect our clients against because those can take three, four, five years to recover from. And we want to make sure we try to minimize those kind of downturns. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's different ways to look at a bubble i mean you can look at like the whole market usually the whole market isn't in a bubble at the same time right it's not the mm-hmm. whole market it's not all of your investments now if all of your investments are in the s p 500 right well then some of those could be in the, in the bubble but some may not be so it just depends kind of where you're invested you know there's certain sectors of the market that are pretty overextended right now um you know kind of very high relative to their you know to their valuations and where they have been historically but then there's other parts of the market that are cheap. There's there's a rotation that happens in the market from expensive to cheap, and it just rotates, you know, through and over time. We it all rises together. But I mean, there's a bubble in certain things. Mm-hmm. I mean, GameStop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's certain you know things that shouldn't be as expensive as they are, but because of all this, all this noise that they're receiving from you know the internet, from the news. I mean, I've seen it all over the news. You know, over the past week and weekends, um, it's just you know that I would call that a bubble. But, um, you know, when is it going to pop? You know, we'll, you know, we'll see what happens with all these traders, all these hedge funds. It's kind of a battle right now. So um, certain things are bubbly. Some things are not. I mean, it just depends where you look at in the market. and You need to be able to adjust accordingly. We'll talk about what happened with GameStop and how that is going to affect our retirement or if playing the stock market like that is smart or if it's not a very wise move with your retirement money. We'll get to that in a second. But you've been talking about strategy and we talk about like how hope is a good retirement strategy. Well, there was a good article in The Motley Fool that said another misstep is assuming that some things about retirement are true. And Art McPherson, Luke McCarty, uh, some things that we assume they're true, they're not true. So let's go through some of what this article from The Motley Fool says. Sure. So the, fir- the first assumption in this article article is you'll spend less on living expenses in retirement. Um, I see this all the time with that verbiage, right? But it's not true. So we see it, oh, well, I'm going to spend less because I don't know. I mean, maybe you're 
you don't have the, you know, you may not commute anymore. You may not, I mean, it just doesn't add up when you're home every day. I mean, think about when you spend the most money during the week, Mm -hmm. it's on the weekends when you're not at work. So if you're home every day, um, that the old, the old myth of, well, I'm going to spend less in retirement is not true. So we actually want you to have more money in retirement. So that way you can do the things you want to do because you're not, you know, you're not forced to go into work that day. Right. Well, like you always say, Luke, every day in retirement is a Saturday. <laughs> so <laughs> when you're when you're having a Saturday every day, typically on a Saturday, you're playing golf, you're doing those fun things, you're maybe sailing, you're going to the mall, you're going to go shopping, you're going to do some of that stuff that we used to do before COVID um, and all that kind of thing. But it's been a little different with COVID, of course, but our normal buying patterns and habits are more expensive in retirement. So we tend to see that people underestimate that discretionary spending quite a bit. So we always start with their budget, their take home budget. And then we go from there and then we add some extra spending there for travel and some extra spending, just like Luke was saying, for unanticipated visits to the online world of shopping. Right. Another assumption we make, and we've talked about this before, is healthcare and that Medicare is free. Yeah. So Medicare, I mean, parts of Medicare are free, but it's only the small part. So part A is free. The rest of all the Medicare alphabet, um, whatever they come up with and whatever plan you may have after A is not free. And it comes out of Social Security. And if you're if you're paying for it before you turn on Social Security, it's coming out of pocket. So, you know, a lot of people are thinking, well, if I just make it to Medicare, my health expenses are going to go to zero or they're going to go way down. They could potentially go down depending on your plan, but more than likely, you know, you're going to have decently high expenses kind of forever. I mean, healthcare is so expensive. Mm -hmm. You know, the government gives you that benefit of Medicare, but it's not free. And also your long-term care costs are not going to be covered by Medicare. So a lot of people make the assumption that, well, Medicare will take care of everything I need. And and when I'm older and grayer, I'll be fine. Well, that's fine unless you have to go to a long term care facility and then Medicare doesn't pay for that. So you got to make sure that you've got plenty of resources in a 401k or in an IRA to help cover those expenses or find a way to um, reduce the risk of you having to go into a long term term care facility and be able to hedge against that by having some long-term care insurance or things along those lines. So long-term care is a big one potentially. So, you know, the typical American turning 65 has about a 70% chance of needing some kind of long-term care. So not only do we do some of us, you know, believe that, Hey, Medicare is going to cover me for long-term care. The other half's like, well, maybe I won't need it. Well, odds are, you know, you're going to need some kind, some type of it, whether it's longer term, you know, a couple months, a year, whatever it may be. You know, 70% chance if you turn 65, you're going to need something. Art McPherson, Luke McCarty, I want to talk about expenses for a second here. The Big Mac, it turns 53 this year. You remember this? To all beef, and special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, on a sesame seed bun. Where did you find that from? Can you play it again? Play it again. <laughs> to all beef, and special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, on a sesame seed bun. Yes. You remember that commercial? I do. Well, the Big Mac, when it was introduced, it cost 45 cents for this little piece. (laughs) That Big Mac today is going to cost you almost $4. So what does that tell us about the expenses we can probably expect over 20 or 30 years of retirement? Well, this is 52. So you can see right there what used to be 45 cents is now $4. So 
you better have a portfolio that can absorb inflation and grow with inflation because inflation does not stay stagnant. One of the things that Luke and I were talking about in the break, when my very first car my dad gave to me was a 1966 Mustang convertible. Now it was in pretty rough shape, but it was still a 1966 Mustang convertible. And we were looking at the information on the car when he purchased that car, and we were looking at this many years later, um, it was $2,600, but at the same time, his average annual salary back then was $4,800. So everything is relative, of wow. course. But yes, when we have a client's portfolio here, we put in our system about 2 and 2.5% for inflation. So as the portfolio is in there invested and they're taking income, we got to make sure over time that 500000 that they started with or that $2 million that they started with, mm -hmm. wherever that number is, it needs to be growing over time so that they can take out enough to buy a Big Mac in 20 years from now and whatever the price might be. You know, so you're going to see that Big Mac that now is $4 might be $8. So we want to make sure that the portfolio has grown so we can still afford to do that. So if our clients started pulling $10,000 a month for income, they may need fifteen, sixteen, seventeen thousand 16000 in 10, 15, 20 years. To all the special sauces, cheese, pickles, That's great. <laughs> oh, you are hilarious. <laughs> you know, Luke, you had mentioned this. Everything that happened at GameStop. GameStop is a place where you go and buy video games. Okay, and now video games, you could pretty much download load them all straight to your console or straight to your TV or your PlayStation or your Xbox. GameStop had to close 1,700 stores last year and lost more than $500 million. Apparently, over the last week, things went crazy. Their stock jumped up all because of what had happened online and a bunch of people getting together saying, let's start buying some stock. And market analyst Anthony Chicumba says, it's just crazy. I've been on Wall Street for over 20 years, and I cannot think of anything that I've seen that is nearly as insane as what's going on with the GameStop right now. If you want to gamble, go to the casino. <laughs> so, all right, gentlemen, explain this to me <laughs> in simplistic terms. What happened with GameStop and the stock last week? Well, think of it in this way. Basically, you have a period of time, and a lot of these hedge funds will buy and sell options and things like that to cover lots and lots of shares, and there's a certain time that they expire. But during that the period of time, they can run up a stock or drive down the price of the stock based on a gamble or a bet they're trying to do. So think of it in terms of this. You and I, Mark, we're going to go out and we're going to buy a bunch of iPhones, and we know that we can buy them at $500, and the price is $1,000, so we're going to, you know, we get a good deal on them, and we want to go buy a bunch of iPhones. Phones. Mm -hmm. But we only got a couple months to sell them because the new phones are going to come out and they're going to drive the price of those phones down. So we get all these people committed to buy it and we say, yeah, we'll get your phone to you within a month. And then we're we're anticipating to be able to go grab all these phones for $500 and be able to sell it to them for 1000 right? Okay. But then all of a sudden some news comes out and the guy that we were supposed to buy the phones from says, hey, I don't have enough for you. I can't get them. I can only give you a few of them or he changes his mind and doesn't sell them. We have to go out there and find phones to replace that. And even if we have to pay $1,200 for that phone to sell it for $1,000 or $1,500 for that phone to sell it for $1,000, and that's what happens. So if something will happen and interrupt what the anticipation is, it's kind of like what the option does, you're going to get stuck having to fill that. You've already got the committed orders out there, so you've got to be able to provide that. And whatever it costs you to fill it is what it's going to cost you. Yeah, Art, so that was a good a good analogy of how, you know, you can trade stocks versus, you know, the iPhone example. But, you know, when you look at GameStop, how it fluctuates in price for so, you know, so just big, big moves that we're having, 
that is not in a long-term retirement plan. Nope. That is in a short term. Yep. <laughs> and um, that that clip you said from Anthony, you know what? You know why don't you just go to the casino? Well, you know some of the casinos are closed. Right. And now you can trade stocks for free without any charges, without any transaction fees on your iPhone. So, you know, a lot of the the firms that were getting in trouble, you know, one of them was Robinhood. Right. Well, Robinhood is the, you know, the easiest way to trade a stock on an app with no transaction fees. So when when transaction fees went away, we, we inherently, you know, got a lot more volatility in the market. because There's a lot more people trading before that wouldn't have done it originally. I mean, think about it. if you're if you're, you know, paying, I mean, gosh, 10 years ago, you're paying 20, 30, 40 dollars to trade to trade a stock. If you were paying that on your phone every time you clicked a button, mm -hmm. it would probably reduce some of this. Now, I'm not, you know, I don't think that should be where we should go back to, but that's where some of this volatility has come from. The ease of use, the technology, you know, the cheapness, it's free to do all of this. So, you know, it, it really is like gambling. Yes, it is. <laughs> Especially when you're buying a stock that probably is still a $20 stock, but it's trading right now at two to three hundred dollar swings yeah. you know so and it's only because and it can't last either can it no it was no. all because of the short squeeze so what happens the guys have to cover this option and as it's rose up in value the hedge funds have to come in and fill those positions and the small investors have been buying 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 so they're having to fill them at a much higher price than they were ever expecting so they're losing money and it's all it's an artificial demand that has been created by this time frame so you've got a very short window that this could ever take place you're not going to even see anything about gamestop two years from now it's going right. to trade as soon as this is done this squeeze is over Everything will settle out and it won't be there. But right now, if because of those options out there and because, I mean, there's 130% option trades more than there's actual stock available to purchase. I mean, it's crazy. I, the industry has really failed here. The hedge fund should not be allowed to do that. Like if we have 50 million shares of GameStop out there, they should only allow 20% of that to be able to trade on a short trade or something like that. And it's our industry needs to do a little bit of house cleaning. It's not the small investor to me that I'm worried about, but the small investors create the volatility Luke was talking about, but they need to kind of make some changes to the industry there to keep the hedge funds from being too riskier in their portfolio. They need to be more risk adverse than that because they're they're losing billions of dollars right now. Were there any laws broken with the way that GameStop was traded and a lot of people made a lot of money, a lot of people lost a lot of money, or was this just the internet just trying to stick it to Wall Street? <laughs> just the internet just having the a good time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's that kind of populism that's rising. You know, right. the, a lot of people have been talking about politics and talking about a lot of things. And I think a lot of this started from Elon Musk. Remember back about three years ago, he was on Joe Rogan mm -hmm. and he was talking about his stock should be about a thousand dollars a share. And it was only trading at the time about five fifty. And then after his show on Joe Rogan, uh, dropped to about three hundred there for a while and then he's like oh i've got someone to help invest in this stuff and he was just trying to stick it to the short sellers i think a lot of the public started to listen to that and they started doing their homework and doing some research and i think ever since that because elon musk is kind of one of those guys a lot of people respect mm -hmm. um, he kind of brought it to the forefront and then people have been paying attention and they're finding these little these little glitches and when you see all these short sales out there they know they've got to get covered so someone's kind of done a little homework and found hey we might be able to push some quick profit here because there's a short window on this one Thanks for listening. Want more from Art McPherson of McPherson Financial Group? Find us online at artofmoneyradio.com.
We are an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of financial and insurance products to custom suit their needs and objectives. Securities offered through World Equity Group, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Investment advisory services offered through ProStatus Group, LLC. McPherson Financial Group and ProStatus Group, LLC are separate entities and are not owned or controlled by World Equity Group, Inc. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Investment financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. Art McPherson is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Arthur McPherson. Florida Insurance License Number A1 Seven four seven two five. Today's show has been a work of art. 